Hey there, welcome to The Third Seat. This is the show where we have open and honest dialogues with experts who have a unique perspective to share straight to you. I'm your host, Daniel Trenum with Croft & Frost, and I'm excited to bring you today's episode. As always, all links as well as relative information will be in the description of this episode down below. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's join into the conversation. My guest today is someone that I'm really looking forward to uh, talk to today. I've gotten a chance to talk to them a little bit prior to going on air with this episode. I've really enjoyed get, just getting to know them a little bit, a little bit about what they do, uh, how they got here, and just, just who they are in general. Uh, they are the founder of a nonprofit here in town, Love's Arm. Uh, they do a lot of great work here in the Chattanooga community and just the Southeast Tennessee area at large. Uh, and I really think you'll ha like to hear what they have to say. So Mimi, thank you very much for joining me on today's episode. Thank you for having me, Daniel. Yeah, it's great to have you here. So I know I talked a little bit about just who you are and what you do, but would you care just for those that may not know who you are and, and the work that you do, just go a little bit more in deep about you know who you are, what you do, how you got here, the work that you do through Love's Arm, and just anything you want to share about yourself. Well, um, I am Mimi Nickel. I am the founder of Love's Arm, and we began here in Chattanooga reaching out to women in trafficking, prostitution, and addictive situations um, in 2005. Uh, I was called, clearly called into this work myself because of my own history. And it has been an amazing journey. And we basically just offer hope, love, resources, and service provision to people who are in great need. Mm -hmm and hurting deeply. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, in, in talking to you a little bit before we officially started this and just talking to you right now, I, I can tell, like, my favorite conversations are with people who I can tell they just love what they do. Like, what they do is, is exactly what they were here to do. Like, they were placed here to do this. And like I said, this is our first time, you know, for those who are listening, this is our first time officially meeting in person. We've spoken a little bit prior to this, but being in the room with you and just hearing you talk and just your energy about what you do, I can tell that you really do enjoy and love what you do. And you have just a, you seem to have a great drive about everything that you do. Uh, and that's, that's really inspiring because I think, I don't think that's a super common thing to see, but it's always very inspiring to see someone that has that, you know? Uh, I think it's a great thing, and I, I want to know, you, you know, you, you mentioned to me a little bit prior to us starting here, just some of your backstory and stuff, but, and you can go into as much detail as, as you know, you feel comfortable doing, but what really set you on this path to want to start Love's Arm? What got the, the wheels turning for you, and, and what was that process like getting this started? Because you indicated to me, if, and if I'm correct, you made it sound like, you know, at least in the Southeast Tennessee area, you were one of the kind of first people to really start uh, doing the work that you do, or one of the early early supporters of the work that you do. Uh, and, and so what was that process like, getting to kind of get this thing off the ground and get it to what it is nowadays? Well, um, I would call it fly by the seat of your pants, <laughs> in all honesty. We were the first group mm -hmm. of individuals mm -hmm. or people here in Chattanooga going to the streets mm -hmm. and out into the streets. Uh, it began... When I moved here in Chatt to Chattanooga in 2004, mm -hmm. and I came here uh, working with Prison Fellowship mm -hmm. as the Angel Tree Coordinator for this area in order to recruit churches and people into the work of Angel Tree, which you may or may not have heard. I, of. I have I have heard of it. Yes. And yeah. uh, my mentor at the time was the founder of Angel okay. Tree, 
And so she kind of raised me up and mm -hmm. taught me a lot over the years about how to engage and connect with, with people in true uh, love and compassion mm -hmm. in such a way that offers them hope. Mm -hmm. And that was my story. Um, I am a survivor of sex trafficking from my childhood mm -hmm. that took place between the ages of 9 and 14. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, I was trapped in what we call complex trauma mm -hmm. for about 40 years of my life. Wow. And uh, it was during a course of events that uh, I came to a uh, um, spiritual awakening mm -hmm. that transformed my life mm -hmm. and continues to transform my life mm -hmm. in many ways and began uh, pursuing my own healing processes and finding a life, as I call it, worth loving for myself. Mm -hmm. And during the course of that, <laughs> even before that process, um, I was teaching in the jail at Silverdale Correctional Facility and mm -hmm. teaching classes in there and came out of those classes and women from those classes wanted to continue getting together when they cut out, so we started an aftercare group. Mm -hmm. And out of that aftercare group, this woman at dinner one night said, Mimi, I want to go back out to the streets and tell the women out there that Jesus loves them. She said, but I don't want to go by myself. And I just looked at her across the table and said, I'll go with you. <laughs> and then everyone in the group said, I'll go too. <laughs> and the next thing we knew, and she had been trapped in street prostitution mm -hmm. and crack addiction, mm -hmm. And so we just piled up in the cars one night and went out to the streets, and it never stopped. Mm -hmm. And then other people started coming, and they wanted to go with us, mm -hmm. and they became mentors and supporters to the women that were in that group. And we all started doing this work together, and before we knew it, we had two teams of volunteers who all had a passion, a calling, and a love to go out to those streets and to love on the people out there. And so we've been doing it since. And now we have seven programs. And see, like I said, it seems to be have been fairly successful for you so far. I mean, you've been, uh, you had mentioned some group before that was had been working out of Nashville for like 25 years. But I think you said, you said to me you started in 2005. Is that correct? We started in 2005. <clears throat> and what happened was in 2016, someone invited me to go to a conference in Nashville. Yes, yeah. Before that, I'd seen a documentary about this group, and they were doing street outreach with women in prostitution in this documentary, and I was like, I had no idea someone was doing this in Nashville. <laughs> and then in 2016, someone said, I'm going to a conference at Thistle Farms. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you ought to go with me. And so I went with myself and a few of my board members, and we all went to this conference at Thistle Farms. Mm -hmm. And it was so moment by moment walking in what seemed to appear to have been a very ordained relationship. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it was during that time that I sat in an ACES mm -hmm. seminar. If you've never heard of ACES, that's child, ACE, Adverse Childhood Experiences. Okay. 
And uh, it, it was a moment when my life made sense mm -hmm. because I saw the course of my own life being written out on a board mm -hmm. and was able to identify and yeah. go, whoa, that's yeah. me. Yeah. And uh, it was very, very life-changing for me, but also mm -hmm. just the reality of being in that place with these amazing survivors mm -hmm. that were in leadership. Mm -hmm that were an integral part, that were working, that were uh, going through uh, their own healing processes and coming to a place of finding employment, sustainability, and progressing even farther in their educations. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is the most amazing place I've ever been. Mm -hmm. And it was started by a woman named Becca Stevens, who is an Episcopal priest. Mm -hmm. And she used her own childhood story in many ways to launch her passion and her love for those women. And so uh, we became in their sister network and became a strong sister organization with them and are so grateful to still work very closely in a network with them. And we support each other very strongly. Yeah, and you know, just when you're describing, as I'm sitting here just taking it all in, I mean, I'm, I'm, you're describing the work that you do in that uh, you know, organizations, uh, what did you, I keep forgetting the name. What, what did you say it was called? The Thistle Farms. Thistle Farms. I was like, I want to say something else. I was like, I was getting it mixed up with something else I was thinking of. But Thistle Farms and just, you know, I think that the way that you have gone about describing this and thinking about just the name Love's Arm, you know, of, of you know the, the, the foundation that, that you founded, I think it's so perfectly, that's like the perfect name for it because... It's the way you're describing it is not that it's necessarily, you know, I, I know that there's services and things that you all do, but at the core of it, it seems like you all, the main goal is just to extend an arm of love and hope to these people. And, and, and that can take a lot of different forms and shapes and colors, but that's the core foundation of everything you do. That's and, absolutely yeah, right. Yeah. And, it's, and it's based on the belief that love is the most transformable, transformational power in the world. And it heals, love heals, it helps, it supports, it grows, it assists, it carries, and it cares. And so that is the foundation of all we do, and, and it's redemptive. Mm -hmm. it, uh, it's through love that we our lives go from being train wrecks mm -hmm. to being... Uh, um, fruitful and yeah. absolutely beautiful, yeah. and we have something to offer yeah. others, and yeah. so it is love. Yeah. And uh, our name actually is is from a scripture, so mm -hmm. I'll tell you that. But yeah. uh, love's arm came from a, a scripture in Isaiah fifty nine one that says, "The arm of the Lord is not too short to deliver, nor is his ear too deaf yeah. to hear." And so that's where the name love's arm yeah. came from. Yeah. And we're not over-religious yeah. in our work, but we are faith-based mm -hmm. in a very active way. Mm -hmm. We do not discriminate against anybody for mm -hmm. any reason at all. Mm -hmm. We are non-discriminatory, absolutely diverse and inclusive mm -hmm. in our work and grateful to be so because mm -hmm. there is no one that is not loved. Yeah. No, I, I, I so. love it. And, and like I said, just... It's just, I've, I've told people this before, like my favorite part about having these conversations is I love just talking to somebody that just, you can tell that they have just a, an overflowing love and energy about what they do. That's always just the best part. And I could just, it's just great seeing that uh, just coming out of you. And so, uh, yeah, I just, 
I really like, uh, I just, I, I love that analogy. I don't know, I think, that, I think that's really cool. Uh, and just the image in my head uh, that what comes, just you de- you describing that. But uh, I want to know, is there, you know, you talked a little bit about how your own experiences, uh, you know, led you somewhat towards starting Love's Arm uh, and they helped you get to the point where you're at now. Uh, but is there anybody in particular that, has, I mean, I'm sure there have been people that have helped you get to this point. I mean, I know it's not a, a one-man show necessarily, but is there anybody in particular that really has helped uplift you to get to the point where you're at now that you can think of, or anybody, any person that has really uh, extended an, an arm of help to you in, in this process of getting Love's Arm to what it is now and, and turning it into the entity that it is that helps so many people uh, all across the board? Well, I have an easy answer for that, <laughs> but I will also, if you're talking about a, a human being yeah, that's yeah. living and breathing now, <laughs> um, I would say that my husband, uh, I didn't marry until I was 53, mm-hmm. and I would just say that my husband has been the primary source of support and care and has become a very safe wise, trusting place for me, but also poured into this work in mm-hmm. mighty ways. Yeah. And that's not just financial support, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but my husband is named Steve Nickel. Mm-hmm. He's also a professional Santa Claus. Oh, really? Yes. So he is, because Santa Nick Chattanooga. <laughs> but uh, I, I would say of all the gifts that I have in my life, yeah. he is the most precious. Yeah. And just having him in my life. Yeah is miraculous for me, uh, considering I did not marry Mm -hmm. at all until I was 53 years old. (laughs) And most women who have been through what I and many of the rest of us have been through wouldn't want to touch a man with a 10-foot pole. (laughs) So it's just a really, a real gift and honor to to say, yes, my husband is that person. Yeah, I I laugh, I just... I'm sorry, it makes me cry. No, I love it. Uh, that that's, that's great, and uh, I, I I laugh just because it's the image of a ten foot pole in my head just makes me laugh. But uh, <laughs> uh, the the Grinch song has always done that for me. I don't know if it says ten foot or whatever, but uh, but the reason I ask that is because you know I, I think oftentimes it can be very easy to look at individuals you know at whatever stage in life that they're in that are successful in, in some you know regard whether they've uh, you know, founded uh, something like what you've done or whether they've, you know, had a lucrative career in somewhere or, or whatever, whatever way you want to define success. Uh, it's easy to look at those people and say like, wow, like, look at them, look at all they've accomplished, look what they've done. And that's, that's certainly worth doing. But I think it's also important to recognize that like, I'm a firm believer that no, no man, no woman is an island. No person is on their own. There, no person gets to where they get to on their own. And, and there's certainly things that you know a person can do on their own to accelerate their career or to improve their life and, and to you know move past where they currently are but i think it's also important to recognize that it just like they say it takes a village to raise a kid it takes oftentimes a village to get anybody anywhere you know it, it no no person gets anywhere on their own generally and, and i think that's an important thing to understand and also just an important thing to recognize you know well absolutely yeah. and though my husband has been the most mm-hmm. catalytic yeah encouraging yeah. single person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been graced mm-hmm. with an enormous amount mm-hmm. of community, mm-hmm. supportive community through various people in the Chattanooga community. We 
have the support of eight churches locally. Uh, we have the support of the Community Foundation of Chattanooga, mm -hmm. some support from McClellan Foundation. That's just on the financial mm -hmm. end of things. Yeah. Yeah. But we have some of the most incredible human beings that are just in this community that believe not only in the work of Love's Arm, but believe in restoration, care, and hope mm -hmm. for our marginalized. And so I have to say, uh, give credit to a few of those people. One yeah. is one is a woman named Rachel Westbrooks, mm -hmm. who works with the Hamilton County Mental Health Court. And she has been just a strong source of encouragement, healing, and strength. I serve with her as a peer in the sexual trauma tract, mm -hmm. uh, in the trauma tract of the, the mental health court. And just, you know, there there's many, mm -hmm. there's many. Um, and I, I can't name them all mm -hmm. or thank, thank God for them mm -hmm. enough, but it's not just about me. Yeah. You see, we are a community organization. Mm -hmm. We, we work with agency providers, service providers, government people. I was in a meeting with someone from the city of Chattanooga today at lunch. You know, we move into those kind of relationships, mm -hmm. not to get something from them, mm -hmm but to join together with a common vision, a mm -hmm. common goal, and a common heart mm -hmm. to bring restoration to people. And so we partner with CADIS, we partner with the Mental Health Court, we partner with uh, Johnson Mental Health, we partner with Sempa Community Care, goes out on the streets with us now and mm -hmm. takes their, their uh, mobile clinic out to mm -hmm. the streets. Uh, anyone that wants to and can and is available to come with us to meet people where they are and mm -hmm. offer them the services and assistance they need, we partner with those groups mm -hmm. because we want to see Chattanooga itself mm -hmm. be a city that is known as a community that restores mm -hmm. in every way. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, and you know, I, I've talked to people on this show and also just outside of, of work and outside of the show that do a lot of work in, in the nonprofit sector. And the, and the thing that I've seen out of my conversations with, the, conversations with these people is that, you know, it really seems like these organizations, both, both nonprofit and for-profit uh, businesses, they, a lot of them, there really is a sense of community. It, not, not just in the sense that, oh, we're, you know, geographically located close to each other, but that they truly do work together and that you know everybody kind of leans on each other in different ways and i think that's really cool because it doesn't have to be that way like it's there's no rule that says oh since you two work you know these two businesses work in a similar fashion that they have to work together or though these these two businesses operate in a similar capacity they have to work together there's no rule for that but and i'm sure chattanooga is not the only community where that's the case but it definitely seems to be the case here in chattanooga that businesses, nonprofit and for-profit alike, they seem to collaborate and work with each other on a very high level. And I think that's really, really unique one and just really cool. Honestly, I know that's, that's not the most descriptive word in the world, but I just think it's a really cool thing that businesses uh, and, you know, like what you are, you're operating are willing to do the work that you do, that you do, but also do it in a way where you include other businesses and include other entities that want to help out and support however they can, you know. And we want to support yeah. them as well. Yeah. We partner with the Family Justice Center mm -hmm. and they have a huge collaborative partnership there. Uh, we are located in the Met Men Impact Hub on Rossville Boulevard. Mm -hmm. 
with five organizations who are all working to assist the marginalized in Chattanooga. And so we, we have a slogan about it. Of course, everyone has a slogan. <laughs> but ours is, it takes a community in unity to love your neighbors. And so that's kind of how we feel about it, and that's what we like to live in the light of that. We do have seven programs mm -hmm. uh, now. I would like to run through those so you can see yeah, how yeah, this thing has yeah. grown. Yeah, go for it. We, we still go into the jail and lead classes. We have people that are assigned to enter into relational uh, letter writing with women survivors who are incarcerated. We have a helpline that people can call anytime and hear a welcoming, caring, trusting voice on the other end to help them navigate through assistance and resources. We have a strip club team and we have five street outreaches now a month. And several of those, SEMPA joins us on those outreaches with their mobile health unit. We have an 18 to 24 month holistic recovery home uh, that is built on the model of Magdalene House of mm -hmm. Thistle Farms. Mm -hmm. We can house six survivors in that home and they go through a long course of holistic recovery and care mm -hmm. in a trauma-informed environment. And now we have just laid the plans and are implementing a short-term crisis acute care plan. Mm -hmm. So if someone is in need and desperate and has nowhere to go and nowhere to land, they can land with us and we will assist them in meeting their immediate needs and whatever those needs may be to help them move from A to B. Yeah. So there you have it. And just in you describing that to me, it it seems like a lot, like just a lot of work and just a lot of you know manpower and things that have to be done and you know people going here and going there and obviously like you said like this is you've been you've been working specifically with Love's Arm for years now but I imagine it was it was not always like this it, it was not always you know from the get go it wasn't okay we've got all these services and products and people that we can assist I mean obviously it wasn't like you weren't doing anything but what was it like comparing now you know you just listed off a lot of the services and things that you do. Do you, you know, when you think back to the formative days of, of Love's Arm and kind of the, the seeds that were planted in, in, your, in your mind whenever you were thinking about uh, starting this, does it ever get a little overwhelming, but in a good way, of how much it's grown to what it is now? Yes, yeah. it does. Yeah. And in all yeah. honesty, as a survivor <clears throat> without an education in nonprofit management, yeah. Yeah. without the professional uh, accolades and experience behind me, mm -hmm. without being a licensed therapist, mm -hmm. uh, uh, social worker, yeah. and yeah. all of those yeah. things, the reality is, is that Love's arm, as it should, has mm -hmm. outgrown my capacity, <laughs> for which I'm most grateful. Yeah. So we have brought on a new executive director in mm -hmm. the last year who uh, worked with TVA for 30 years mm -hmm. in compliance and mm -hmm. human resources mm -hmm. and in and, and many other ways. And it's just an incredible mm -hmm. uh, communicator and lover of people, and she is coming in to to lead the organization more. I'm trimming back and uh, preparing to to uh, let it go yeah. and retire. Yeah, so, well, congratulations, and, that's and awesome. And that's wonderful, yeah. and I'm so excited yeah. about it. But seeing it grow, yeah. in all honesty, how this has grown is as a need arose, mm -hmm. 
we looked at that need and said, how can we meet it? Mm -hmm. And then we would put this program in place. Mm -hmm. Really, the jail ministry and uh, writing the letters and going to the streets, that's been going on mm -hmm. for the course of about 18 years mm -hmm. now. All of the other programs, we we had someone come volunteer, and we've always been have a strong volunteer base. Mm -hmm. We got 63 volunteers oh, wow. from various places throughout the community. Mm -hmm. So we've always had a strong volunteer mm -hmm. base. And they're the community, the mm -hmm. team, the village that's yeah. you know doing a lot of this work. Yeah. And so yeah. it just kind of has, has grown from there. But I uh, wouldn't trade that for anything yeah. because yeah. we all share a common vision and same, same heart to, yeah. to see things happen. Yeah. So it's grown as the needs have arisen. Mm -hmm. Like we saw this gap. Mm -hmm. You know, we had the long-term residential program and then we saw this gap because people weren't ready mm -hmm. to be in long-term yet. Mm -hmm. They would come with their, what I call, with their hair on fire, <laughs> you know, and they're not ready to go into long-term residential. Yeah. They just want you to put their hair out. Yeah. And so we, <laughs> I, we were... I would want that if my hair Well, yeah. Fire. <laughs> and so we, we want to be able to sit with them and go, okay, tell me. What what do you want? What do you want from us right now in order to help you put your hair out? Yeah. Do you need? Uh, we've have several that have come and said, you know, I've been a trafficking survivor for years, and I really need some therapeutic care. Mm -hmm. We're like, okay, well, we'll help you get some therapeutic care. Mm -hmm. You know, I may need uh, be coming out of a trafficking ring, mm -hmm. and have someone coming out calling us on the phone, petrified. I don't have a place to go. I don't have a place to stay. I don't have any food, you know, and I need some help getting to my back to my family. Mm -hmm. And we're like, okay, well, I tell you what we'll do. We're going to help get you a room for a few days. While you're in that room, we're going to have you connect with some uh, with case management to identify what your needs may be. We'll bring you food while you're there, mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll continue in this communication until you connect with someone that is safe for you and you decide where you want to go from there. And then we'll help you get on a bus and go back to your family. <laughs> and we've done that. Yeah. So it's just the survivor themselves, yeah. we determine what we need. Yeah. And then Love's Arm steps in to go, well, how can we help you get yeah. there? Yeah. So. Yeah. That's a great need, yeah. especially with the increase in homelessness yeah. and gang-related crime and other things mm -hmm. going on in our yeah. city. Yeah, no, I, I love it. And so you, you were talking about how uh, you're planning soon to retire, which congratulations on that. That's a big, uh, a big thing. And so I want to know just, you know, obviously, uh, just as it was whenever you first started Love's Arm, there's no way you could have known what it would be now. And there's no way, obviously, you can know what it's going to be you know, hopefully 10, 20 years into the future, but what do you hope the future for Love's Arm looks like? Do you, do you hope it stays more of a Chattanooga, Southeast Tennessee uh, entity, or do you hope it starts to, it, it can expand outwards beyond that? Or what, what do you well, think or hope that the future you know, looks like for you? My hope for the future mm -hmm. of Love's Arm primarily mm -hmm. is that we continue mm -hmm. to be a stable source of care, love, assistance, and advocacy for survivors in such a way that they truly do find life worth loving. And however that happens, here in Chattanooga, 
in the in the Hamilton County area. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I personally am really strong about Chattanooga mm -hmm. and being a community-based organization. Mm -hmm. But if it grows outside of that, well, wonderful. Mm -hmm. You know, but I can't, I'm not going to be the one who's going to bring that forth. Mm -hmm. You know, we are very grateful. We've got an amazing board. We've got an incredible staff. We've got people who are just as visionary and passionate about this vision as I am, and that's how it should be. It should never be about a human being. Mm -hmm. Never, ever. No organization can thrive and grow if it's centered around a single person. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I'm just thrilled to death to see where it goes in the future. And I'm excited about sitting back and watching it. Uh, I'm going to be on a mountain. Uh, someone's given us some land on Cagle Mountain. We're going to be up there living in the woods down a mile and a half long driveway. And so, you know, I'm kind of going to be watching it from a distance and yeah. just celebrating and yeah. being available as much as I can yeah. to, to whatever yeah. they need in order for me to continue supporting the work. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'm very happy for you for that. That sounds just, it's, it's, it's cool to see uh, just individuals like yourself that have been able to cultivate something like what you have built into what it is today. And so that's, that's really cool to see that you've gotten to a point where you can, you've, it has kind of happily outgrown you, you know, like, like you said, yes. that's, a, that's a really cool thing. And I'm, I'm very happy for you. Um, something I want to ask you about is, you know, You've been working in Love's Arm for, or I guess it's been going for nearly 20 years now, I guess, if my math is correct. Uh, it'll be 20 and 2025. Uh, yeah. 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 And, um, you know, this is, any business that makes it that long is, is a very, uh, I, if there's one thing I've learned by talking to, you know, individuals that have started any kind of business is that it's not an easy thing and there's a lot of things you'll learn along the way. Uh, but for you specifically, was working in the nonprofit sector something that you like had always felt like you wanted to do or had felt like you wanted to do for, you know, for a long, you know, not a long portion. Uh, uh, was it something that you, you felt a calling towards uh, for a greater portion of your life or was it something that not spur of the moment, but it more kind of dwelled up in you more rather quickly? You know, does, does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, yeah. it makes the sense. Word, the words are escaping but me for some I, reason. My plan yeah. and desire was yeah. never to be the founder <laughs> of a nonprofit. My desire was just to love yeah. people and to go out and meet them in yeah. love with grace yeah. and to keep doing that in yeah. such a way that it brought about some sort of hope and real transformational yeah. living to people yeah. like I had experienced. Mm -hmm. My desire was never to be the founder of a nonprofit. Yeah. But the reality is, if you're doing that mm -hmm. and other people are doing it with you and it continues to grow, mm -hmm. the need to be a nonprofit mm -hmm. organization for the yeah. for the the main reason of accountability mm -hmm. is very strong. And so we see that oversight that accountability as a gift mm -hmm. to be pursued, to be cherished, to be stewarded very, very well. So we've never seen the IRS as a threat. We see them as a partner. Uh, we see them as those who help to keep us yeah. compliant to manage mm -hmm. not only the funds but the work that we do in a way that is non-threatening, mm -hmm. 
that is uh, above board, that has integrity. And so we're grateful for that. And that's how we became a nonprofit. You can't, and I also want to say this. Someone asked me this in an interview. How have we sustained for so long as a nonprofit? What has kept us sustainable? And this is what I will say. Never let the people you are called to care and serve lose the forefront. Keep them in the forefront. The minute that those human beings move out of the scope of your view for any reason whatsoever, it will derail you because you can't sacrifice them for the money. You can't sacrifice them for the position. Mm -hmm. You can't sacrifice them for the sake of quote unquote sustainability. Mm -hmm. It's those human beings that have to remain the most important, the most important purpose Mm -hmm. of your work. And that's all I'll say. Yeah, yeah, no, and and, and that's, that's a great way to look at it because I would imagine there are an inherent set of, you know, hurdles and, and obstacles that come your way when operating a business like what you operate. And so understanding why you do what you do is is important because that, that's what it seems like to me is, is it's, you know, when times do get tough, if, you know, if, if things ever do seem uncertain in any way, reminding yourself of why, why are we even doing this in the first place? Like, why are we going through this trouble to begin with? And in reminding yourself that it's not necessarily about me or about you in the situation or about the money that comes in, it's about the lives that you're impacting. That's exactly and, and right. And that's, you know, I would imagine, I mean, that would allow you and better help, you know, it would allow you to better get through those times where things may seem uncertain, you know, where things may seem, the, the waves may get a little choppy, you know. Uh, it, it helps you get through those times and, and allows you to do what you do today, you know. Well, you know, there is no way that I personally could have done anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm a trauma survivor. Mm-hmm. And as a trauma survivor, life derails me many times. <laughs> Sometimes daily, yeah. something can yeah. can come and mm-hmm. uh, shake the ground underneath me. Mm-hmm. So I have to be very much aware of that and have people and processes in place to care for me. Mm-hmm. I have to care for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, because if I don't practice the things and the tools that I've been given Mm -hmm. to care for myself as a survivor, then I really don't have anything to offer anyone else and won't. So it can't be about me. And I've not done it perfectly. Mm -hmm. I've made a lot of mistakes. We all do. I pray that through those mistakes, something beautiful has come. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's it's an amazing, wonderful work. and we are grateful to be part of the nonprofit community here in Chattanooga, which has grown bigger than I ever thought it would be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was uh, about seven, eight years ago, we had 18 registered nonprofits, and I was like, how on earth do we have 18 registered nonprofits in Chattanooga? Yeah. Well, now we have 3,000. Yeah. And I'm like, we've got a populace of a little over 500,000 people with yeah. 3,000 registered nonprofits, the highest rate of homelessness and marginalization yeah. in our history. And all uh, gang-related crime is running rampant and all of these other things. Where, 
what, what's happening? What, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Sorry, I just got to ask the question. No, no. So. No. <laughs> anyway. No, it's it's good to. to because it's, yeah. it's the not, we're we're supposed to be yeah. our care is yeah. supposed to be extended to yeah. these very people that it's grown out of proportion yeah. with. Yeah, and it's it's good to have those reality checks at times. Yeah. You know. So yeah. no, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, yeah. In on a similar note to that, you know, uh, individuals like myself and just people out in the world that aren't directly involved with, you know, maybe Love's Arm or other nonprofits in the area, um, you know, something that comes to my mind immediately is the first thought is, wow, like I want to do something to help. I mean, I'm not, I'm, you know, there's obviously a lot of different ways you can. The most classic way is either with your time or with your money in some way. And that can take a lot of different shapes and forms. But specifically with what you do, what are the most common ways you see people, you know, helping out or volunteering, uh, aside from just like chipping in $5 or $10 here, making a donation of some sort? What are some, some practical ways that people can get involved and help from a volunteer basis if they so choose to, with, specifically with, with what you do? Great question, yeah. Daniel. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Uh, there are so many ways that I can't begin to name them. I always tell people the first and foremost thing I want you to do is go to our website. Mm -hmm. We try to make our website as comprehensive as possible so that you can go and you can go to each page and you can really get a good picture of what Love's Arm is, what we do, why we do it. Mm -hmm. And in that process, something's going to stir up in you <coughs> and you're going to go, wow, I want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. So. You can see all of our programs, everything we do, our advocacy, all of that. And then while you're on that journey, mm -hmm. I guarantee it happens all the time. Something's going to pop up and you go, oh. Mm -hmm. you know, And it may be that you, you look and go, I want to support this work financially. Well, then go to the donations page mm -hmm. and do that. We've mm -hmm. got that online yeah. uh, with a list of our, our 990s there. Mm -hmm. You can look at our financials. You can look at our annual report. Review all of that if that's where you're being led to go. Uh, or you can then go to our volunteer page and click volunteer. Mm -hmm. And there's a volunteer application and it'll list for you all of the different ways you can volunteer with Love's Arm. And you go down that list and as you're looking down that list, something is going to hit you. <laughs> And you go, oh, I want to do that. Oh, mm -hmm. I want to do that. And start checking the boxes mm -hmm. of how you want to volunteer. Mm -hmm. And then we'll follow up with you. And we'll have mm -hmm. an interview with you. And during that interview, it's going to be even more apparent mm -hmm. how you can work with us. And, of course, you hear I'm not giving you any clear yeah. you can do this, yeah. this, this. Yeah. What, what I'm trying to say is go, mm -hmm. look, yeah. see for yourself, yeah. and then be directed in where you want to plug in. Yeah. And we will welcome you with yeah. open arms. Yes, yeah. we always need money. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and tell you you don't. There's not a nonprofit <laughs> in the world that doesn't always need money. Yeah. Yes, we yeah. need money. It yeah. takes money to facilitate yeah. these seven programs. Yeah. Yeah. It takes money to pay our staff. Mm -hmm. It takes money to to uh, offer the services mm -hmm. that we do to mm -hmm. sustain the lives of survivors. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. we always have a need for that, mm -hmm. but we don't want it just to be about your money. Yeah. We yeah. want your heart engaged. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's something for me like, you know, uh, I'm not going to sit up here and pretend like I'm a saint and I'm just, you know, handing out canned goods all the time to people that need it more than I do. But there, there are times where I'll realize, like, I want to, I would like to help, you know, 
the people or help out these these nonprofits in some way, aside from just you know handing them uh, a virtual check of some sort. You know, obviously that does help, and that I'm sure it goes a, a long way because everything costs money, and there's always a budget for something. But uh, I, it's always good to hear that there are other ways aside from that that you can give because maybe you don't have the money right now to, to give. Maybe you don't. You know, maybe you've given money, but you want to do something else. Maybe you feel like that you're better, you could serve better in a different way. And understanding that those resources and options are available to you is, is very important and, and something that I, I try to highlight if I can, you know, because I think the work that you, you all do, along with many, many, many other nonprofits in the area do, I, I think it's very important. And uh, I, I hope that even if I can't do it or if, if you know somebody listening can't do it, I hope there's somebody out there that maybe they hear this or see, that hear this or see this and they can get involved in some way, whether it's through money or through their you know time and, and resources. It's always a great thing. So yeah. Well and I did have one thing that just yeah. came to mind very specific. Yeah. Right now we are trying to recruit and form what's called an auxiliary. Mm -hmm. And that auxiliary is going to be kind of a nucleus mm -hmm. of event planning mm -hmm reaching out, carrying the work, mm -hmm. connecting the dots with others. And so we, if, if, if that is something that people want to be a part of, is we, we, our, our, we have a wonderful PR person, her name's Kimberly George with George uh, uh, PR firm, mm -hmm. George Public Relations. And she suggested that we build this, this team, this mm -hmm. nucleus that helps to set up and coordinate all our events and all these other things. So we need people to be on that auxiliary who believe in the work we do and want to help carry it in that way. So that's a, the specific need right yeah. now. So. Yeah. Uh, on, a, on a somewhat different note, and, and by the way, uh, I'm, I'm sure you all have a, a website that can, like oh, you said, yes. you have a website that will direct you to all these things. So I'll make sure this is included in the description for this episode. So if anybody's listening and watching wants to check it out, it'll be down there. So go give the, go check it out if you want to help out or follow along. But Something I want to specifically ask you is, you know, you've been doing this for a while now. Uh, you've been specifically working with Love's Arm for, for many years now. And, uh, you know, you just mentioned that you're hoping to retire soon. Uh, and I, I want to know for you, what do you hope is, I'll, I'll, say, I'll use the word uh, legacy, or what do you hope is the way that you can inspire the next generation of, you know, Mimi Nichols to come after you, to... To the next generation of people that are going to come after you and uh, may want to fulfill the the things that you have fulfilled and done the work that you have done. What do you hope that looks like for you? How do you hope to inspire those people that come after you that may do work similar to what you do? Well, first I'll say I love the younger generation because what I'm noticing about people coming up these days and the younger generations is they won't let settle for anything that's less than true. So remember that, uh, too. When you are hit between the eyes or in, or in the heart with something and you can't get it off your mind, pursue that. Uh, learn all you can about it. And if possible, meet people who have been in that place and learn from them what it's like to be a survivor, what it's like to have lived in the streets, what it's like to have uh, had to fight to survive every day. Engage with people. Get to know them. Let them get to know you. And you will find yourself moving towards your life work. I love it. That's great. And 
you know, it it seems like to me the way that you've described it, and I think it's kind of a cool thing that, you know, oftentimes I see people that are successful in some manner and they will, it'll seem like, you know, they've been destined to do this, like they've known from day one that they wanted to do this thing, but, and, and everybody's story is different, so I'm not going to paint with too broad of a brush here, but uh, I like the way that you put it that you kind of came to where you're at now and hope to set an example for people that come after you that it's okay to just kind of come to these things naturally. It doesn't, it you don't have to necessarily have the aha moment like, oh, this is what I'm going to do and this is where I'm, I'm going to be. That can happen. And if that happens, great. But I think it's cool that for you specifically, it was more of a natural progression of, of seeds being planted and, you know, over time it being nurtured and you being kind of blossoming into what you are now and allowing others to see that that's a way it can be done. You know, it doesn't have to be this you know, eureka moment where everything clicks at once, it can be more of a natural, slow progression to bloom into where you are now. I think that's really cool. I think that's really yes, cool. Yes, and I, and I did have kind of an aha moment. Oh, you did? But um, it's very interesting because yeah. at first I thought I was going into the mission field and mm -hmm. I was going to London. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do everything. <laughs> I, was, I was supposed to go do this and hey, I was hey, supposed to go do that. There's still time. There's still I was supposed to do that. And, <laughs> and, and you know what happened? I found myself behind a podium in the Birmingham jail <laughs> with a, a bunch of women, female inmates, wanting to hear my story. And when I started sharing my story with those women and talking to them about the hope that I had to offer because of my life and what I had experienced, I looked in their eyes and they were all weeping. Mm -hmm. And it's like my everything stopped dead still. Mm -hmm. And I knew that this was what I was supposed to do mm -hmm. for the rest of my life, mm -hmm. was to offer those women hope mm -hmm. and carry a message mm -hmm. of assistance, hope, and healing to them. And that, that did happen. And I came out of there and I called my mentor and I said, I have to tell you what just happened to me. And she, she was one of those people that would pray and never tell you what she was praying. That's just how she was. And I remember all she said when I said, Mary Kay, I know what I'm supposed to do. Let me tell you what just happened. She said, well, bless you, Jesus. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you said, what, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> no, I knew exactly what yeah, it was. Yeah. That's great. I love it. And <laughs> then, then I started yeah. working with Prison Fellowship and got slung yeah. up here. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. I, I, I just think it's a really cool visual of uh, just the culmination of so many things. You know, it, you have those moments like that. Yeah. You have the, the, just the natural growth over time of turning into who you are and it all kind of culminated into that one moment, into the one moment where you're able to start what you do and, and go from there. So I, I just think it's a really cool, yeah. a really cool story, you know? Yeah, so that's why I said, you know, pay attention. Yeah, yeah. Pay attention yeah. and when something hits you, yeah. because I got hit, you know, when it hits you, <laughs> yeah. and it hits you in your heart and your mm -hmm. mind and you can't shake it and it's so clear and mm -hmm. you're like, I don't know what's happening here, yeah. move toward it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think too, I, I and if it makes you uncomfortable, move toward it yeah, even more. Yeah, that, that's not always a not always a bad thing, you know. I've 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 learned that oftentimes it's okay to be 
uncomfortable in some ways. Not like that can take a lot of different forms, but in the sense of, you know, if you're doing something that's challenging or if you feel that kind of lump in your throat when you're about to do something, it's like maybe that's a sign that you should do what you're, you should go for it. You should, you should try that thing. You should put yourself out there a little bit because, you know, there has to be some risk in order to retain Absolutely. some reward, you know. Absolutely. And, and so I, th I think that's a, a great analogy and a, and a great story. I love it. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, I've enjoyed getting to know you a little well, bit. Well, I've enjoyed getting to know you yeah. as well, so thank you. Thank you. It's been it's been great getting to speak with you. Um, but yeah, I, first and foremost, before we kind of finish things up here and, and, and wrap things up, uh, I want to say thank you again just for, for coming on. It's been a pleasure getting to, to meet you and, and to speak with you. We, we spoke a little bit before um, we officially went on air and, and hit record, and it's been just a, a pleasure getting to know you a little bit and get to hear some of your backstory and, and why you do the work that you do and, and to get some, to hear some specifics about the work that you do. Uh, I think you all really do a lot of great work, and, and I hope and wish for the best for you as you soon enter retirement and also just for Love's Arm in general. I hope they continue to flourish and, and grow and, and impact as many lives as they can. Uh, but before we finish, I always want to just as a courtesy and as a thank you, uh, give our guests the chance to have the floor, whether you want to give a shout out to somebody, whether you want to talk about some of the work that you are doing or some of the work that Love's Arm is doing, whatever you want to do, wh whether you want to just say, you know, uh, this person has really helped me a lot in my life or is doing a lot of great work, whatever you would like to say, the floor is yours. So yeah, the floor is yours. Thank you very much. So, um, wow, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. That's, that's very good. Yeah. Well, I would like to give a shout out um, to uh, first Rachel Westbrooks. Uh, the Mental Health Court is doing incredible work here in Chattanooga. And I would uh, refer anybody to them to receive care and assistance. Um, and also to, uh, well, let's see. There's, there's a lot of people. Well, there are, yeah. but especially to my board, mm -hmm. to the board of Love's Arm. Mm -hmm. uh, and goodness gracious, we've <laughs> we've ridden through a lot of a lot of uh, rough waters mm -hmm. together over the last few years, and and their steadfastness, their wisdom, and their determination have been stellar. So, uh, and to Enza Hagen Snyder, mm -hmm. who is our new executive director. Um, if you're talking, I have some very dear friends mm -hmm. that uh, I can blubber and cry and everything <laughs> too, and and who have supported me. I, I I'd like to give a shout out at Thistle Farms. Yeah. yeah, and encourage people to go check that out. Uh, Sheila McLean, uh, Simpkins McLean, is is the residential director of Thistle Farms and a thriving survivor now of 18 years mm -hmm. and has been an incredible mentor and friend to me. I would not be here mm -hmm. right now, I don't think today, if it weren't for her influence and her care and her love. Um, uh, so I would encourage people to check out Thistle Farms uh, and buy something from them and buy something from us. We have an <laughs> online store, the shop at Love's Arm. Uh, um, also to my church family, I go to Resurrection Church and wouldn't trade being there for anything in the world. Um, and I guess, you know, I could go on and on, but I feel <laughs> like I'm just 
got an Oscar or something. And <laughs> I, do not, I, I wasn't prepared for uh, the speech. <laughs> uh, I do not. I do not have a trophy for you, so I hate, I hate to break that. To I you. don't want one. <laughs> I don't have room for trophies. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to downsize. <laughs> but you know, I'm yeah. going to say this, and you can keep it if you want. But there is one person that, if it were not for them. I would not be living and breathing today. And it's Jesus Christ. I like to call him Christ Jesus, to be official. But Jesus. Awesome. I love and it. that's it. I'll just it. leave it there. Just Jesus. That's great. I love okay. it. Uh, before we <laughs> finish up, uh, I know you mentioned that there's a website for Love's Arm, so I'll make sure that is included in the description. You had talked about Thistle Farms. I was, yes. I'm assuming they have a website, so I'll, oh, include, yes. I'll include that also in the description. So if anybody wants to check those two websites out, if you're mm -hmm. listening or watching, you can yes. head down to the description to find those. Uh, but also, along with that, I know you're on LinkedIn specifically. Are there any other websites, social media handles for any any affiliated, anything we've talked about that you want to mention that I can include in the description at all? Well, we're all together. All? Uh, I would say the Family Justice Center. Mm -hmm. Uh, they are doing some amazing collaborative work mm -hmm. in this community. Mm -hmm. um, Metropolitan Ministries. Um, and um, I, I would, Emily O'Donnell. Okay. I'll, I'll well, she's the city attorney, but she has been extremely influential <laughs> in my life, so I could not leave her out. Okay, cool. Well, I will make sure that there is some, some links to these businesses, businesses and organizations and, and everybody that needs to be mentioned in there. Uh, so if you're listening, if you're watching and you want to go check out what Love's Arm is doing, what Thistle Farms is doing, or any of the other businesses that have been mentioned during the uh, episode today, feel free to head down to the description. You can check them out there, follow along with them, support, do whatever you can to help, to help out if you can. Uh, but yeah, Mimi, thank you very much for coming on the episode today. It's been uh, a pleasure getting to speak with you, getting to know you a little bit more. Uh, I really, really have enjoyed getting to speak with you. Uh, and for and those there's that one I forgot. Do what? There's one I forgot. Oh, there's one more you forgot? Who's yeah, that? Chattanooga Stronger Together. Oh, nice. Are they, are they a, a, a organization here in town? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's I'll, a new organization gotcha. here in town. Okay. Well, I yeah. will make sure that there, there's a, a link for them also in the description. Okay. So if you want to... Sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> uh, the more the merrier. So uh, yeah, if you're listening, you want to check those out, go down to the description, find those, support them, do whatever you can to help out. Uh, but yeah, Mimi, thank you very much for coming on the, the show today. It's been a, a pleasure getting to speak with you, chat with you, get to know you a little bit more. Uh, and I, I really, really enjoyed it. And maybe we'll do it again in the future. Uh, but uh, for those that are listening and watching, thank you for listening and for watching. Uh, I hope that you will consider joining us on another episode. And, and yeah, thank you very much for, for tuning in today. Thank you. And uh, I hope you'll join us on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.